Classic Rock Free 981. Joining us now on the line, it is Tom Lavin from the Powder Blues Band. 36 years, Tom, and uh, still going strong. It's been a while on the road. What's the secret? Is there one? Well, I mean, keeping it fresh, I guess, is the most important thing. And fortunately, with the blues, that's uh, an easy thing to do because a lot of it's improvisational. Any crazy stories of crazy places you've been? I mean, one of the probably the craziest tours we've ever had was uh, to Russia when it was uh, the uh, Soviet Union was just coming apart. And uh, oh, that was back in 1990. So we had some, some pretty amazing adventures happening there. We were up in Lithuania. We were down in in Soviet Georgia by the Black Sea. We were in the Ukraine. We were all over the place. Getting in and out of there wasn't a problem? People were telling us, oh, there was going to be a food shortage, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we got we were bringing chocolate bars and stuff like that, and it uh, got over there, and it was just one banquet from end to end. Of course, there oh, was my. nothing on the, on the store shelves, but uh, every, everybody, wherever we wound up, had uh, more than enough of everything. Looking forward to having you in London, and you guys bring in some, some good blues all across Canada, all across the world. You were actually born in Chicago, though. I was. I'm a dual citizen. I uh, was uh, born in Chicago and raised there, and I, and I guess that's pretty well how I got the blues printed. Mm. And when did started, you... It started real early. Maxwell Street Market, probably. I was five years old. I used to see a lot of these guys sitting on the steps of the tenement buildings there on Sunday morning. I'd go down to the market with my folks, and they would be playing blues on the street. You were hooked from that age. Pretty well, I think. I mean, the final stroke was probably when I was 15, and I saw Buddy Guy and Junior Wells, mm. uh, and uh, that left a... Uh, an impression. I just thought, geez, you know, I got to do this. And then years later, there you are performing with with these types of guys. I yeah, I had you know played guitar all my even since I was played ukulele starting at four years old. My, really. My dad ran a store, and he had a, uh, a guy working in the store that was a uh, a guitar player and a square dance caller from Oklahoma. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, by four years old, he had taught me my first song, which was called uh, I Only Want a Buddy, Not a Sweetheart, Because Buddies Never Make You Blue. <laughs> and you were playing that from then. That's cool. And can you square dance? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty well why I stuck with guitar, you know. I figured it was an easy out. If you're in the band, you don't right. have to learn how to dance. That's true. Was it tough when you first got going in Canada? Were there a lot of closed doors, or was pretty much everybody welcome to the blues back when you started? The first record we did i i started playing with the band and put the band together in a little club in uh in vancouver and uh, we were drawing a lot of people to this club and because like you know there was no one playing that kind of music and we did our first record i took it to every record company in canada and they all said well that's ridiculous you can't put blues on the radio blues doesn't sell and one of them went so far i guess it was cbs at the time columbia records went so far as to do a marketing study and they said well at best this record will you know if we put a whole lot of money behind this record you might sell five thousand copies nationally really and uh our break even is ten thousand copies so we're not going to sign this and of course that record has sold probably close to a third of a million records in canada alone and it's gone all over the world so i think sometimes marketing experts can be a little off the mark and then after that, what happened? After the first record went and launched, did doors well, start opening up? Well, we started out, you know, we had a little breakthrough on FM radio, and I kept sending yeah. the record out to all the radio stations. I mean, we did it ourselves, and uh, we sold probably 40,000 copies in 
uh, just in Western Canada, which was unheard of. Jeez, yeah. And uh, the record companies rethought their position and uh, started <laughs> a bit of a bidding war. And uh, yeah, we we've had we've sold over a million records now worldwide. A little easier for you now, yeah. That's that's pretty unheard of for yeah. a blues band. And you've got uh, some Junos under your belt now and everything. Indeed. Did you get to go to the ceremony? Yeah, I mean, the first Juno we we won was back uh, 1980-81, and it was Pierre Trudeau was there with uh, his date that night was Leona Boyd, who was a, is a beautiful uh, and accomplished classical guitarist. It was pre him uh, being married. And then the next one? Well, we, see, what do we have for Thirsty Years? We had song song of the year. That would have been the following yeah. year. I don't know. I can't remember. There You've been, got... Songwriter of and the year as well. And of course, there was the, uh, I guess the most important one for us was when we won the W.C. Handy. They call that the uh, the American Blues, sort of the American Blues Grammy for best non-U.S. blues band in the world. And that sort of helped us a lot, too. We wound up doing the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland. And oh, wow. A lot of other exciting stuff based on that. Have you played with everybody you've ever wanted to play with? If there was someone else, well, no. I mean, certainly there were some that that passed on before yeah. we, uh, yeah. you know, we got a chance to play with them. But we have played with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, people that uh, I idolized as a kid. In fact, yeah. Montreux was one of those situations where Willie Dixon was there, uh, who is you know, the king of the Chicago blues, and we shared yeah. the stage with him, and it was, there was also John Lee Hooker, who yeah. obviously is yeah. known internationally. We became quite good friends with him, wound up uh, at his house on the West Coast when we were living in California for a while, and uh, let's see, who else is on the show? Uh, James Cotton, who's probably one of the best-known harmonica players in the world, also from Chicago. I was Luthier Allison, who's lesser-known but huge in Europe and a great influence on me. Yeah. Phil Guy played there, who's Buddy Guy's brother, who's not as nearly oh. as well known as his brother, uh, but a marvelous guitar player. Oh, yeah? And, uh, you know, it was, uh, yeah, uh, it was really quite an experience to be on a sh on uh, shows like that. And, of course, yeah. over the years, we've played with a lot of rock bands, too. We did a lot of touring with ZZ Top. We, uh, we played with The Who, we, you know. It was, uh, it's been uh, it's been a long and interesting road. We were looking forward to to seeing you guys in London. Uh, what can we expect? Well, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of uh, the old, a little bit of the new. It's hard to play. You know, we've got so many records out over so many years. Yeah. It's hard to play every tune every night. But we uh, that people want. But we try and get to all the hits too. That's really important. So do you guys change the set list up all the time then? Well, it's sort of you know I, I don't want to go and and uh, you know nail a show to the floor. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to keep your guys on stage on their toes and not knowing for sure what's coming next. So uh, we'll ah. mix it up a bit. Very cool. Tom, appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And uh, September 21st, London Music Hall. You can get your tickets now. Thanks, Tom. Thank you so much.